Good evening and welcome to Way Back When, Episode 5. I am your host, Ben, of course, and we're going to be looking at some of the best music from 1974 in the next hour, as well as talk a little bit about some UNE facts and UNE life-related events in the year 1974. The first song that we're going to play is arguably one of the biggest one-hit wonders of all time. It popularised our disco music in the 70s, and it became exceptionally popular, shooting to the top of the charts in numerous countries. It became the... Uh, it reached the top of the charts in Australia, Austria, Belgium, Canada, France, Ireland, the Netherlands, New Zealand, South Africa, the UK and the US. It was an amazing song, at least that's what the public seemed to think of it at the time. It was certified as gold in both the United Kingdom for 500,000 units sold and the United States for a million units sold and it has reached as sold over 11 million records worldwide. It is a very popular song and you will know it as soon as you hear it. Coming up next on Way Back When we have Kung Fu Fighting by Carl Douglas. Douglas. Everybody was
Welcome back to Way Back When. Here on Tune FM 106.9, you just heard Kung Fu Fighting by Carl Douglas. I make no apologies if that is stuck in your head for the rest of the night. Tonight we are going to be playing music from 1974, of course, and I'm going to be discussing a little few interesting trivia bits about UNE life and student life here in 1974. Funnily enough, one of our students here at UNE, Graham Alexander, who was studying in 1974 all the way from the United States, actually took part in the Sydney to Hobart yacht race. The yacht race, of course, the famous yacht race begins on Boxing Day every year and Graham Alexander was part of the crew for the yacht Mosey On which sadly did not win the Sydney to Hobart race because that certainly would be something to brag about. So rather interestingly uh, yes we did indeed have one of our students while studying here at UNE take part in the most famous yacht race in the world which I think is pretty unbelievable. Coming up next on Way Back When we have a song by Eric Clapton that is interestingly enough a cover. We have I Shot the Sheriff by Eric Clapton, the cover version of the original Bob Marley song that was released in 1973 by Bob Marley and the Whalers. Eric Clapton's version, of course, was released in 74, the year after, and has a more soft rock sound compared to the reggae sound of the original Bob Marley version. It is, in fact, more successful than Bob Marley's original version of the song. It peaked at number one on the US Billboard Hot 100, and in 2003, it was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame. The lyrics are rather interesting, as the narrator claims to have acted in self-defense by shooting the sheriff when the sheriff tries to shoot him first. It's an interesting song, and I hope that you enjoy it here on Way Back When on Tune FM 106.9. Here is I Shot the Sheriff by Eric Clapton, here on UNE's student-powered radio. I shot the sheriff.
That was I Shot the Sheriff by Eric Clapton. Welcome back to Way Back When, where we're going to be playing some of the best music from 1974, as well as discuss a few interesting little notes about UNE life and student life in the year 74. Well, we actually move from UNE now to UNSW, because the University of New South Wales were holding elections for the Board of Directors of the University Co-op Bookshop in 1974, and they actually had uh, one particular student put forward his name for the election, Joseph McKenzie. The only problem was he wasn't actually a student of UNSW, he was a student of UNE. He was studying a Bachelor of Arts here at UNE in 1974 and was expecting to graduate that year, whereupon he was going to commence a postgraduate law degree at UNSW in 1975. He was uh, claiming that he, since he was going to be a student the next year, he should be eligible for the election, and he did indeed put out an ad in the newspaper down in UNSW asking for people to vote for him. Even more interestingly enough, he was actually the director of the University of New England Union at the time of his campaign for the new position in UNSW, which I think is absolutely hilarious. He pledged to endeavour to represent the interests of students at the UNSW on the board in 1975 to the best of his abilities, and made sure to add uh, made sure to add at the bottom uh, a little note advising everybody to please remember that he will definitely be a student at the UNSW in 1975. Sadly, Joseph Joseph McKenzie did not win that election. So we move on to another we move on to another song now, excuse me, after talking about our UNE students' uh, aspirations of moving on to bigger and better things in different universities. I must wonder, I'm actually curious as to what the other members on the board of the University of New England Union thought of his uh, campaign. But anyway, that that's not exactly uh, relevant at the moment. We're going to move on to another song now from 1974 and we go over to the UK, British glam rock band the Sweet, with another one of their hits, The Ballroom Blitz, which was written by Nicky Chin and Mike Chapman, who of course wrote a lot of major hits for a lot of bands, including The Sweet. The Ballroom Blitz would reach number one in Canada, number two in the UK singles chart and the Australian chart, and number five on the US Billboard Hot 100. It is very recognisable, and we certainly think that you will enjoy it. I personally think you'll recognise it once it starts playing, so we're going to launch right into it. Here is The Ballroom Blitz by The Sweet. You're listening to Way Back When on Tune FM 106.9. Thank you. 
just heard the ballroom blitz by the amazing uk glam rock band the sweet and this is way back when thank you for tuning in and welcome back before we launch into the next song which is a very famous one indeed we're going to talk about a rather interesting little program that took place in 1974 which actually happened over in papua new guinea so 28 of papua new guinea's leading educators spent uh, a week in 1974 at the hotel aruna near port moresby in an attempt to improve the education system the reason these papua new guineans were attending this particular program is because it was a workshop study on the eight-point plan implications for organizations and education administration in the future. Those at the workshop included some very high-ranking people in the Papua New Guinean education system as well as some uh, high thought of teachers at the time. The reason I bring this up is because the program was actually directed by Robert McCraig of UNE funnily enough and with him as a consultant was Mr. Alan Crane, a university fellow here of UNE and one of Australia's leading teacher leading teacher education and administrators excuse me both men actually had an international reputation and the program was very well received indeed Mr McCraig went on record as saying the whole idea of the Kellogg program was to develop greater expertise in education administration and he thought that he saw the main problem here as replacing the expatriates with locals with more professional skills than the expatriates ever had it was a rather interesting program and it shows just how much good can be done and it we think here at Tune that it looks it makes UNE look good to be able to send some of our amazing teaching staff over there to 
make a program and deliver a program which was going to improve education in another country. I think that is pretty spectacular. So to you, uh, Mr. Alan Crane and Mr. Robert McCraig, we salute you here. Uh, we hope you're doing well wherever you are at the moment. Coming up next, we have another glam rock song. Glam rock, yeah, I think that's a fairly accurate way of describing this song. It's Benny and the Jets, which we'd love to dedicate to uh, Tune FM uh, honorary member, shall we say, Ben Bible, of course, up in UNE Life. This song is dedicated to him. He is absolutely amazing. He does a lot of work here for Tune. And this song was, of course, composed by Elton John and Bernie Taupin and appeared on the Yellow Brick Road album in 1973. The reason I am playing it tonight is because I didn't get a chance to play it last week and it was released as a standalone single in 1974. And all of the charting information for this album actually stood in 1974, not 73. So I think that therefore qualifies it to be played tonight, this particular episode. It is, of course, one of Elton John's most popular songs, was performed during his appearance at Live Aid, and was actually the starting song, the first song played on all of his concerts during the Farewell Yellow Brick Road Tour, his farewell tour, of course. Excuse me. It is considered to be a song about the fictional band of whom the song's narrator is a big fan, and Taupin himself has said that the song's lyrics actually satirised the music industry of the 1970s, particularly the greed and glitz of early 70s music, rather interestingly enough. So in terms of charting, it reached number one on the US Billboard Hot 100, it reached five on the Australian charts, and at the year-end charts, it was 34 here in Australia and nine on US Billboard's Hot 100, and it was actually certified silver in the United Kingdom, which translates to 200,000 units sold, but a fantastic two times platinum in the United States, which translates to 2 million units sold, which is absolutely incredible. It is one of his best known songs, one of his uh, most successful songs, and one of his songs that the fans like more than any other. So here is Benny and the Jets by Elton John himself. You're listening to Way Back When on Tune FM 106.9. Oh, 
That was Benny and the Jets by Elton John, and you're listening to Way Back When here on Tune FM 106.9. Coming up next, we're going to have an amazing song that is considered to be this particular artist's farewell to glam rock. But first, a little bit of a talk about something that's less positive about the uh, student life in Armadale in 1974. Housing in Armadale, especially for UNE students and even more so ethnic minority students, was a very, very contentious issue uh, back in 1974. Two occupations actually took place in the year 74, one of a large room at the College of Advanced Education, which is nowadays known as the Teachers College, and the other of an empty Marist Brothers Seminary. Tensions was hot, tensions are reached a all-time high in Armadale in 1974 when police used the Summary Offences Act to evict the dozen seminary squatters after occupying the seminary for four weeks. The New South Wales Education Department was paying over $5,000 a year rent for the seminary, although keeping in mind that is $5,000 a year in 1974, it would be worth a lot more nowadays. But the but the department had refused to allow student teachers, students or teachers to live there, despite an acute housing shortage and rent rackets. They would instead prefer to have police evict the squatters, something that is not looked back on fondly. Miscellaneous workers' union members in Armadale voted to support the squatters at a meeting that night after the eviction, and plans were in place to reoccupy the seminary at the time. Student teachers were also actively uh, 
supporting the statewide campaign for better wages and conditions for teacher trainees, and earlier in the year had actually held a strike. Funnily enough, just one more little story before we move into the song uh, for this particular uh, section. A boycott and a ban were placed on two stores in Armadale by the residents whose owner tried to evict two Aboriginal families who were paying $45 a week for a three-bedroomed house. Keep in mind... That is in 1974 dollars. The eviction was not attempted because of any non-payment of rent or because the Aboriginal families did anything wrong at all, merely because the owner wanted to rent the house to students for $60 a week instead of $45. I think that is absolutely disgusting, and thankfully the residents of Armadale agreed, boycotting that particular business's store. Sadly, uh, Armadale has not always been a friendly place for students, and indeed, uh, uh, students who wanted to uh, study teaching, it appears. And while things are a lot better now, it is important to remember that, th- that uh, the housing situation, again, for students and ethnic minorities was not always the best that it possibly could be, which is very disappointing. UNE, though, we still have a long history, and thankfully most of what we're going to talk about after this, after the rest of the show, is fairly positive. We're going to have another song now, and we're going to have, like I said, a song that is considered this particular artist's farewell song to glam rock, and that is Rebel Rebel, of course, by David Bowie. It was the lead single from his album Diamond Dogs and is based around a distinctive guitar riff reminiscent of the Rolling Stones. It has been described, as I said, as his farewell to the glam rock movement, which he funnily enough helped initiate, as well as being sort of a intro to punky sort of track. Upon its release, the song was, of course, a commercial success, it being David Bowie, of course. It peaked at number 5 on the UK singles chart and number 64 on the US Billboard Hot 100, which isn't too high when you consider what other songs are on this uh, show have been, but it was received, uh, in terms of critical acclaim, it was received universally positively. It was received specifically positively for its central guitar riff and its strength as a glam anthem. Several publications especially consider it to be one of Bowie's greatest songs ever and was frequently performed live by Bowie during many of his concert tours, uh, even right up until the end of his career and sadly his life. Excuse me. So it was a very, very fantastic song. I particularly do enjoy it. It is a song that, funnily enough, had Queen Bitch as its B-side, which uh, is rather interesting when you compare the lyrics of the two. But nonetheless, we're going to play it for you right now. I hope that you enjoy it. Here is Rebel Rebel by David Bowie on Way Back When. You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM, the home of UNE student-powered radio.
That was Rebel Rebel by David Bowie, a fantastic song and the best way to possibly farewell his glam era. This is Way Back When on Tune FM 106.9. Coming up next, we have more of a poppy sort of song compared to the glam rock songs that we've been playing over the last few minutes. However, before that, I'm just going to give you a piece of good news about Armadale and UNE life in 1974, considering we had a rather unsavoury tale told uh, before the last song. So, in uh, more UNE positivity, actually, as opposed to Armadale positivity, because UNE had a new school um, officially set up in 1974. It was a school of biological sciences that was set up in 1974 that incorporated the work of the university's eight departments already involved in biological science and Professor Ian Falconer became the first head of the new school who was previously the chair of biochemistry here at UNE. Of course Armadale is fairly well known for agriculture and UNE does have a very strong agricultural school. We have a lot of strong, a lot of strong schools here of course at UNE but we are very well known for our agricultural degrees. It has become a very big staple of UNE's, I guess, reputation, and biological sciences, of course, plays into that. So it was rather interesting to see the school uh, be founded in 1974, and its uh, related science matters and materials are still taught to this day, which I think is amazing. Coming up next, we have, as I said, a song that's a little bit more pop-related, more of a pop genre song as opposed to glam rock. Of course, we had Benny and the Jets, Rebel Rebel, The Boring Blitz, more sort of glam rock, but this is definitely more pop, specifically Europop. Yes, that's right, it is ABBA. Swedish pop group ABBA, their second album was released in 1974, Waterloo, and we're going to be playing the title track for you, Waterloo, because I consider it to be one of the best songs of the Waterloo album. ABBA will, of course, uh, be featuring again on this show uh, next week, and indeed a fair amount over the 70s, the shows that focus on the 70s of way back when, because they are an absolutely amazing band, and a lot of their songs are too catchy and too high-charting to ignore. So yes, this is going to be Waterloo, the first song that we play of, that, we're, that we will have played from ABBA here on Way Back When. I say we, I keep saying we. Uh, that's because I think of this show as you guys participating as well. You're listening, I am simply bringing it to you, and the show certainly wouldn't exist if it wasn't for you listeners. So thank you. That is why I tend to use the phrase we as opposed to I. But yes, I will be playing uh, You Guys uh, Waterloo by ABBA, the first and not last of ABBA that you will hear on this amazing show way back when. So Waterloo was indeed a high-charting song by ABBA's terms. It did chart as high funnily enough as 
Yes, that's right. I shouldn't be so coy. They reached the top of the chart spots in Belgium, Denmark, Finland, Germany, Ireland, the Netherlands, Norway and South Africa, and funnily enough, Switzerland. They also reached uh, number six in the US Billboard Hot 100. They reached number four here in Australia. And in their native Sweden, they actually came third. They made the top spot. Um, the peak was their third position on the Swedish charts. It was certified silver in the UK with over 250,000 units sold. And keep in mind that is actually the single, not the album itself. And it, the year-end charts of 1974 saw Waterloo, the song, actually placing second on Switzerland's charts, which was rather incredible. It went on to sell nearly 6 million copies, making it one of the best-selling singles in history, and at the 50th anniversary celebration of the Eurovision Song Contest in 2005, it was chosen as the best song in the competition's history, of course, because it was the winning entry for Sweden in the 1974 Eurovision Song Contest, which kicked off ABBA's path to worldwide fame, which is just absolutely incredible. So, we have the Waterloo song coming up right now on Way Back When, which won Eurovision 74. You're listening to Tune FM and 106.5 and I'll be right back.
That was the amazing Waterloo by Swedish pop group and Eurovision Song Contest winners ABBA. Welcome back to Way Back When. Thank you so much for joining us. Coming up next, we transition to a bit more of a rock side of things. We've had quite a few pop songs and glam rock. We're going to move into a few bits of hard rock now to finish off the show. Before that, though, a rather amusing little anecdote about Armadale and UNE. Our reputation hasn't always been uh, spectacular. Rather amusingly, back in 1974, we were actually considered to be, quote, radical, which I thought was rather hilarious. A newspaper actually claimed that we were one of the largest and most radical student organisations in in the whole of Australia because of the Socialist Action Movement. The Socialist Action Movement, otherwise known as SAM, which I am now going to refer to as SAM, in 1973 had over 200 members out of 2,000 students on the UNE campus itself. It led the campaign against the exam system in the end of 1973, so I won't go too much into it uh, out on this show obviously but essentially um, students banded together to protest exams and try and get them cancelled and it was actually one of the most uh, militant campus struggles seen in the entirety of Australia in the end of 73 which is rather interestingly so the reason this paper got its knickers in a bunch is essentially because the year in the year 1974 Sam was campaigning around a number of issues particularly student housing which as I have discussed earlier is both in short supply and very expensive here in Armadale back in the year 1974 and indeed students were being ripped off uh, by landlords and real estate agents charging up to $90 a week for subpar uh, accommodation. I have no idea what $90 a week translates to today but it sounds highly expensive. Uh, The first week of term in 1974 saw only quote isolated skirmishes between staff and students which is a rather interesting way of putting things as commented by the SAM newsletter on the struggle around courses and exams and stated that the way now is clear for students and staff to create a cooperative learning university to end enforced competition and break down the barriers between staff and students and isolate parasitic administration and authoritarian professors. As you can see, we had a bit of a reputation for being a tad uh, radical, which I don't think is entirely unjustified, which I thought was rather amusing. Moving on now to another song, we have a rather famous song by Queen. Yes, we're moving into the Queen years of 1970s, and we have Killer Queen up next, written by lead singer Freddie Mercury, which interestingly enough won him his first Ivor Novella Award for songwriting from the British Academy of Songwriters, Composers and Authors. Mercury commented that rather unusually for him, he wrote the lyrics before the melody and music, whereas he would normally do the exact opposite. He stated that the song was about a high-class cool girl, although the record label actually claims that the song was about one of their own members. It, It was included in Queen's first Greatest Hits compilation, it was a rather popular song among fans, and indeed placed fairly high on charts considering that it was a single from their third album, Sheer Heart Attack of course. It reached 24 here in Australia, 2 in the UK, 2 also in Ireland, 3 in the Netherlands and 4 in Norway, as well as 12 on the US Billboard Hot 100. It is a very good song, certified gold in both Italy and the United Kingdom, 25,000 sales in Italy and 500,000 in the United Kingdom, and we are going to play it for you right now. I really hope you enjoy it. It is Killer Queen by none other than the amazing band Queen. You're listening to Way Back When on Tune FM 106.9. She keeps them away in a pretty cabinet Let them cake, she says Just like Marie Antoinette A building a remedy For Khrushchev and Kennedy At any time An invitation you can't take Caviar cigarettes Well-versed etiquette Extraordinarily nice She's a killer Queen Gunpowder genetine Dynamite with a 
was Killer Queen by the Immortal Queen. We really miss you, Freddie. You're listening to Way Back When. Welcome back, and thank you as always for joining us. Coming up next, we have a band that rather that unlike Queen, who were releasing you know the third album and getting into the international fame and whatnot, a band that were just beginning. In fact, this next song is the final track on the band's first album. It is a band that I am a massive fan of. They were my favorite band for a very long time before Nightwish and Sabaton came along. I am talking about American hard rock band Kiss. Kiss of course started in 19 well in fact earlier than the 1970s under the name Wicked Lester before Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley took uh, the band in a different direction and continued on as a, as um just themselves before finding new members this album their first album was released in 74 and black diamond was the final track on the album it is a very very good song i am of the opinion it is the best from that album and it is often played uh in concert even today it is often the last song that is played before the encore even after original drummer and vocalist peter chris left the band the song was still performed and again still is performed to this day just featuring his replacement eric singer on lead vocals peter chris of course not normally a lead singer for the band that honor would go to either paul stanley or gene simmons however there are a few songs that has him on lead vocals and this is one of them the song begins with an acoustic opening which you will hear sung by paul stanley before a furious riff uh, continues the song which is accompanied by peter chris on lead vocals as mentioned and it fades out with ace fraley's solo it is an incredible song as i've said before the best song on the first album by kiss i maintain and i really really hope that you enjoy it we have black diamond by kiss 
Coming up next on Way Back When, you're listening to Tune FM on 106.9, UNE's student-powered radio. Out on the street for a living Pictures on the begun Got you under their thumb
That was Black Diamond by the amazing hard rock band Kiss. Still, well, I won't entirely say going strong, but still performing nearly 50 years from their uh, original start. Coming up next, we have the last song here on this episode of Way Back When. Thank you so much for joining me. I greatly appreciate it. I'll be back next week, of course, looking at 1975. We've got some great songs coming up in 1975. So please tune in again next week to listen to another dose of nostalgia as we look back at the year that was in music of 1975. But for now... I have just decided to choose this song to play. I was originally going to have Black Diamond be the final song of this week, but I thought this song was more of a signature song of this particular band than Black Diamond was for Kiss, so I decided to end with this song instead. It is by Southern rock band Leonard Skinner, arguably their best song of all time, definitely cementing their breakthrough. Sweet Home Alabama. Funnily enough, none of the three writers of the song were from Alabama. Ronnie Van Zant and Gary Rossington were both born in Jacksonville in Florida, while Ed King was actually from Glendale in California. Rossington would later explain the writing process to be around about the riff, as in he came up with the little riff first, which was then built on, and Ronnie Van Zant eventually wrote down the lyrics, and Ed King and Rossington would write the music. It was a major chart hit for the band, considering they had not tasted rel- uh, much chart success before, and it actually led to two TV rock show offers, which the band would ultimately turn down. It was, of course, a response to two songs by Neil Young, Southern Man and Alabama, which dealt with themes of racism and slavery in the American South, so this song is sort of a response and an answer to those songs, which is rather interesting. Excuse me. So it is going to be the song that we play out because, as I said, it is considered to be Leonard Skinner's signature song. And it was one of the biggest songs the band would ever have before, tragically, the plane crash in 1977 that would claim the lives of Ronnie Van Zant, among others. I will talk, obviously, a little bit more about that when we come to 1977 on Way Back When. It was actually certified as platinum in the United States. I bring that up because it sold over 3,680,000 units, although that does take into consideration digital sales. Uh, of today, like today's generation and whatnot. It reached uh, sixth in Canada and eight on the US Billboard Hot 100. Did not actually chart in Australia, funnily enough, but it has since become one of the favorite songs of the Leonard Skinner fan fan group. So we're going to play it for you now and this has been way back when. As I said it is an absolute pleasure to bring you this show. I hope that you enjoy it. You are the reason that we're doing this show, celebrating FM's 50th birthday. So I sincerely hope that you will join me next week as we look at the best music from 1975. But for now let's play this out with Sweet Home Alabama by Leonard Skinner. You're listening to Way Back When on FM 106.9. I have been Ben and as always I hope that you have an amazing night, an amazing weekend and as always an amazing month. Here is Sweet Home Alabama by Leonard Skin it on Tune FM 106.9. Good night to you all. One, two, three.